I'm so happy uh, sitting here with all of you. This is um, something we have looking, have been looking forward to in so many years. And this retreat is uh, a great opportunity, opportunity to be together and to practice uh, watering the good seeds in us, in every one of us. And this is an offering to the country, to Hanoi. And tomorrow we shall offer a session of walking meditation around the Huan Kim Lake. The Hanoi Sangha is going to join us. And uh, 90 uh, monastics just arrived this morning from Prashna tem- Temple. They may join us tomorrow. Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, May the 11th in the year 2008. We are in Hanoi for our retreat with the title Engage Buddhism in the 21st uh, Century. It is said in the Sutra that the Dharma is something that you have to come and see for, your, for yourself. You, can, you cannot talk about the Dharma, you have to come and see by yourself, direct experience. The practice of uh, meditation is the practice of uh, having the time to look deeply into the nature of what is there. What is there is our body, our mind, and our environment. And uh, meditation provides us uh, with the keys to unlock the door of reality, to satisfy our curiosity and our our love. And uh, the Buddha suggests many uh, ways of uh, unlocking the door of reality. And among them, the, the teaching of the three uh, doors of uh, liberation. The three doors of liberation are common to all schools of Buddhism. And the three doors of liberation is emptiness, signlessness, and aimlessness. We need to remember that these are only keys to unlock reality, and that is not a description, a verbal uh, description of reality. You need the key to unlock the door and to see by yourself. You don't need a description. You cannot describe. You can only um, experience it. It's like a kind of fruit like a kiwi, a mango, and after having eaten a mango, you would like to describe it to another person. How is the taste of a mango? But how can you describe the taste of a mango? It's very difficult. So reality is like that. Once you have a direct experience, you cannot describe. You may say something, you may suggest something, 
so that the other person will um, have a chance to get the same kind of experiences. When someone asks you what is uh, the taste, how is the taste of mango, no matter how long you uh, explain to him, he or she cannot get the taste. The best way is to put into his mouth a piece of mango. <laughs> so this is uh, the, the same thing. The Buddha suggests the three doors of liberation as a kind of key by which uh, you can unlock the door of reality and see for yourself, by yourself. The other day we spoke about uh, emptiness, which is the first door of liberation. Emptiness, as you already know, does not mean the absence of uh, things. This morning we recited, form is emptiness. It means feelings is also emptiness. Perceptions is also emptiness. But then the sutras, the sutra continues with, uh, emptiness is form. So it's very clear that emptiness is not the absence of form. Form is emptiness itself. The absence of form does not mean emptiness. Emptiness means the presence of the form, the feelings. It's very meaningful. But when people hear the word emptiness, they think of uh, nothingness, of the absence of uh, things, the absence of form, feelings, perceptions, So there are two things to say. First, form is emptiness, and that can create misunderstanding. So you have to add, emptiness is form. Without that form, emptiness is not possible. Without form and feelings and perceptions and mental formations and consciousness, emptiness is not possible. Form is emptiness, emptiness is form. It's so neat, so precise. And the other day we meditated together on a rose, and we found out that a rose is made of only of non-rose elements. Looking deeply into the rose, you can only see non-rose elements, like the cloud, the sunshine, the soil, uh, the fertilizer, and so on. And if we return the sunshine to the sun, we return uh, the water to the cloud, we return the seed, we return uh, the soil to the soil, there is no flower possible. So when so many uh, elements come together, something manifests. And uh, that rose cannot be by herself alone. She has to interview with non-rose elements. She is made of non-rose elements. And we ourselves are like that. We are a rose, kind of rose. We are made of non-us elements. We are made of ancestors, children, 
grandchildren, education, food, and consciousness, and so on. And looking deeply into the five scanners, we discover the emptiness of a separate uh, existence. We know that we inter-are with everything. We inter-are with um, everyone. So emptiness is a wonderful door if, uh, of liberation. It's a wonderful key. And if uh, you know to use it in your meditation, you can unlock the door of reality. And when you touch the truth of emptiness, there is no more separation. There is no more complex. There is no more fear. You are no longer locked into the prison of a separate uh, self. And then with that huge understanding, there is no longer jealousy, um, craving, fear, discrimination. So emptiness is a true door of liberation. And we should use emptiness as an instrument. Emptiness is not a description of reality. It is only an instrument, a, a key to unlock the door of reality. Look at this uh, glass, and we agree that uh, this glass is empty. But the good question to ask is, uh, empty of what? Like the flower, the glass is full of everything, the sand, the heat, the artisan, the factory, the water, the sunshine, everything could be seen in the presence of a glass. So like the rose, the glass is full of the cosmos. Everything is in a glass, including our consciousness. So empty does not mean empty of uh, the cosmos. You may say that the glass is empty of tea. (laughs) You may say that like that. But that's not absolute truth. Because if uh, there's no tea, people will not try to make uh, glasses. And then But it is helpful to say that uh, the glass is empty of uh, tea. But it it is not empty of uh, air. Well, the glass is full of air. In order to be full or to be empty, the glass has to be there. In order to be empty, The glass has to be there. So emptiness does not mean the absence of the glass. So to think of emptiness as uh, nothingness, non-being, is a big mistake. 
the glass is empty in the here and the now. And uh, it's empty of a separate uh, uh, self, a separate existence. A glass can only be and to be with everything. A glass cannot be by itself alone. And uh, if we look deeply, we see that uh, the glass or the rose transcends the notion of uh, being and non-being. For that, we may like to move into the second door of liberation, which is uh, signlessness or marklessness, the appearance, the outer appearance. It's wonderful to learn how to look things with the eyes of uh, signlessness. You perceive something because that something has a sign, that has an appearance has a form. And when that form, that sign is not there, you may think of it as non-existent. Suppose we look into the sky and we see a cloud. And we have the tendency to say that the cloud is there, the cloud is existing. And we ascribe to the cloud uh, the quality of uh, being. The cloud is something that is there. But the cloud can be transformed into something else at any time. A cloud can be transformed into rain or snow or ice or just uh, water vapor. And when the, the cloud is transformed into rain, we don't see the cloud anymore. The sky is empty. The sky is desperately empty because you don't see any cloud. And you will want to describe the cloud in terms of non-being. The cloud is not there. But you know that is not true. The cloud is still there in her new form, the rain. So if you are smart enough, when you look at the rain, you can still see the cloud. The cloud is always there, but in another sign, another mark, another appearance, another form. And when you pour the hot water into the glass with mindfulness and concentration, you may notice that you are pouring cloud into your glass. Because this is, uh, this tea is the cloud. This is a continuation of the cloud. And the cloud you don't see in the sky. You cannot say that it is no longer there. It is still there in another form. It is now in the form of the tea. 
And when you drink tea with that kind of insight, you see that you are drinking your cloud. And there's a lot of cloud in, th- in your body already. You are made of cloud. At least uh, 70%. <laughs> and they need the clouds every day. When you are able to see the continuation of the cloud in the tea, that is already a big step. You don't qualify the, your cloud as non-being anymore. You know that non-being cannot is an idea, is a notion that cannot be applied to your cloud. Because... Uh, Something that is cannot be reduced to non-being. It is impossible for your cloud to die. Your cloud can become rain or snow or ice, but your cloud cannot die because to die is from something you become nothing. From someone, you suddenly become no one. That is to die. But looking around, you don't see anything like that. From being, you become non-being. And this is uh, the practice of uh, signlessness. Looking into the cloud deeply, you see that the nature of uh, the cloud is the nature of no death. Because it is certified by you that a cloud can never die. A cloud can become something else, but a cloud cannot die. You cannot reduce anything into nothing. And if you just lost someone who is very close to you, dear to you, please look again. That person has not disappeared. That person has not become no one, nothing. If you look deeply, you can see her continuation in different kinds of forms and signs. And that person may be very close to you, but you don't feel her presence, his presence. And you cry, you have a lot of grief, and you say, Darling, where are you? You are no longer there for me. Looking deeply, you see that uh, it is impossible for your beloved to want to die. She... She is now continued in her new uh, transform, uh, manifestations. And we need only to look deeply to recognize her. Like when you look deeply into the tea, you recognize your beloved uh, uh, cloud. Because tea is made of cloud. So um, touching the truth of no death, you are no longer victim of your grief and your fear. 
And if uh, the nature of your cloud is no death, it is also no birth. Because to be born means, that is our definition, from nothing you suddenly become something. That is our definition of birth. From no one you suddenly become someone. And looking deeply with the eyes of meditator, you don't see anything like that. You know, we know, that a cloud is a, only a continuation of the water vapor. And 90% of the vapor that is in the air come from the ocean. Before a cloud manifests herself as a cloud, she had been water vapor. And you cannot see water vapor. It is in the air, invisible, but you cannot qualify it as non-existing. In fact, the air in Hanoi is quite damp. There's a lot of water in it. And when there is a wind that blows that uh, air uh, to a mountain, and then that air will come up on the slope of the mountain, higher and higher and higher. And up there it will encounter cold air. And the phenomena, the phenomenon of uh, condensation will take place. And the water, uh, water vapor uh, can be transformed into tiny, tiny uh, droplets of water. Very tiny, very light. And because of that, you see a cloud. A, a cloud is born from water vapor. Or you can say it better. A cloud is a continuation of the water vapor. In the morning, when you wake up, you can see fog and cloud very close to the ground. That is because during the night, the ground gets cold and the water vapor touching that cold become fog. Tiny drops of water are formed and now you can see it. So before the cloud is seen as a cloud, it had been water vapor, it has been the ocean, the lakes, the rivers, and so on. So the cloud is only a continuation, not a birth. A cloud does not come from has not come from nothing. And the true nature of the cloud is the, the nature of no birth. Because to be born means from nothing you suddenly be, become something. From no one you suddenly become someone. And that definition does not coincide with uh, reality as we observe it. The nature of things is the nature of no birth and no death. There's only 
manifestation, continuation. On the date of your birth, as recorded in the birth certificate, you seem to begin to exist from that uh, hour, from that date. But that is not true. Before uh, the nurse delivered the baby, uh, the baby had been there in the womb of the mother at least eight, nine months. So that moment is not really the moment of birth. It's only a moment of continuation. So if you want to push uh, things back nine months, you may you may think that the moment of conception, of your conception, is the, your moment of birth. It may be closer to the truth, but it is not the truth. Because before that moment, you had been already there, half in your father and half in your mother. Uh, that moment of conception is not a moment when from nothing you become something, from no one you become someone. No, that is only a moment of continuation. There is no birth in the eyes of a meditator. There is no death. So next time when you celebrate your birthday, instead of singing happy birthday, uh, you may like, your friends may like to sing happy continuation day <laughs> to you, my friend. And even when someone dies, this is also a continuation. And you can continue more or less beautifully. It depends on your way of life. Birth is a sign, sign, an appearance, a form, elusive, tricky. Death is also a sign. And you should not be caught by signs. When your cloud is no longer there, uh, you may recognize her in her new form, the green. While you are crying for, for your cloud, your cloud has become the rain, falling down very joyfully to the ground. And your cloud is calling you in her new form, the rain. Darling, darling, don't you see me? I am still here. I love you. So this key given by the Buddha should be used by us to unlock the door of reality and to touch the nature of no birth and no death. Your own nature of no birth and no death. And the nature of your beloved one. She is, she has, her, her true nature is the nature of no birth and no death. The Dharma, yes, can help relieve uh, suffering, can bring a relief. But the Dharma can provide 
the kind of practice that can uproot all kind of suffering. And practicing deep looking into the heart of reality and discovering the nature of no birth and no death of everything of oneself. We can transcend fear, anguish, despair, separation. And this is the gift of the Dharma, deep Dharma, the practice of looking deeply with concentration and the insight we get is a liberating factor from, that will liberate you from your fear, your despair, your separation. And that is why it is called a door of liberation, signlessness. The first door of liberation is uh, shunyata, emptiness, and the second one is uh, animita, uh, signlessness. Birth is a sign, and death is another sign. That is only on the appearance. And you can be deceived by the sign, by the appearance. In the Diamond Sutra, which is a very famous sutra in the Zen circle, it is said that where there is a sign, there is always a deception. Phạm sở hữu tướng, giai kỳ hư vọng. Where there is a sign, There is a deception sign. That is why the meditator should break through to the sign in order to get the nature of what is. Our true nature, the nature of reality, which is free from the sign of birth and death, the appearance of birth and death. When we perceive something, either with our eyes or ear or nose or tongue or mind, we tend to qualify that something is uh, existing. And when we don't perceive them, we think of them as non-existing. The water vapor, we know that it is there. It's not because we don't see it that it's not there. In this uh, Dhamma home, it is a Dhamma home. 
There's a lot of uh, television, radio signals crossing. But you don't see them. If you have a post of television or radio, and they will capture, they will translate. So what you do not perceive does, uh, cannot be described as non-being. And what uh, you already perceive is not sure that it is like that. And thanks to the meditation on emptiness, that you can see that a rose is empty. And because a rose is empty, that is why she can be a rose. A very famous teacher in the second century, Nagarjuna, said that thanks to the meaning of uh, emptiness, everything is possible. Thanks to the nature of emptiness, a rose is possible. You are possible. Everything is possible. Dị hữu không nghĩa cổ. Nhất thiết pháp đắc thành. Thanks to emptiness, everything can be established, can, can be possible. So emptiness is not a negative uh, note of music. The same is true with impermanence. Impermanence is wonderful because without impermanence, nothing can be possible. Suppose we want to, to plant corn and you plant a seed of corn in the soil and if the plant of corn is not impermanent, it, it remains a seed of corn forever. Thanks to impermanence that the seed of corn can sprout and can become a plant of corn and your little girl can become a beautiful young lady that is thanks to impermanence. And if there is a dictatorship everywhere, uh, somewhere, if things are not impermanent, you have to suffer that dictatorship for a long time. And that is why instead of complaining about impermanence, you have to say, long live impermanence. So this is uh, a famous sentence uh, 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 made by Nagarjuna. A teacher in India, author of the Mahaprasna Paramita Shastra, Daitidolum. And he said that thanks to emptiness, everything is possible. When you come to Plum Village in France to visit in the month of uh, March, you, can, you may see bare um, hills around. 
even when you come to uh, by April, you don't see much. But uh, the farmers have already ploughed the land and planted the seeds of uh, sunflowers. So at that moment, the month of May, when the farmer went through that field, uh, they can already see the sunflowers in their mind because they know that they have planted the seeds. You come in the month of uh, July, June and July, you see a lot of sunflowers very ex- uh, manifesting very beautiful, beautifully around Plum Village. So when you do not see the sunflowers, that does not mean that the sunflower is not are not there. They are there, but they have not manifested to you. It's like in winter we don't see uh, butterflies and uh, other kind of uh, dragonflies and so on. And you may have, you may have the impression that they have. They, they are already, they have already, all of them have already died. But when spring comes, they manifest again. So the notion of being and non-being are also signs. And we should... Uh, should be caught in the signs. Suppose I draw a line representing time from left to right, and I mark one point to be the date of my birth, B. And that is the beginning of all confusion. I have the concept that uh, I, I continue to be from this point on. And before that, I must be described as non-being. And if I take another point, marking my death, D, and then I would say that this segment BD is uh, represent my being. And the segment uh, preceding it as must be my non-being. From non-being, I become being. And from being, I will become non-being again. That's the way many people look. But as we know, like in the case of uh, the cloud, a cloud 
has not come from nothing. The cloud has to come from something. The ocean, the lake, the river. So that moment, so-called birth, is only a moment of continuation. The Buddha said that when the body manifests, when conditions come together and the body manifests together with the feelings and mental formations, after the manifestation, before the manifestation, you cannot ascribe to it the notion of non-being. And after the manifestation, you cannot uh, apply the notion of being to it either. Because reality transcends both the notion of being and non-being. Being and non-being are only signs, are, are only notions that cannot be applied to reality. The ultimate transcends both the notion of birth and death, the notion of being and non-being. There are holy theologians like Paul Tillich who describe God as the ground of being. The ground of everything that is. That can, that can be very upsetting because if God is the ground of being and then who will be the ground of non-being? Being is the opposite notion of non-being. And these are only notions, are only nimittas, tướng. Outside appearance and reality transcend both being and non-being. And many people have spent a lot of time to discuss whether God exists or doesn't exist. And they have written volumes on that question whether God exists or does not exist. But if God is the ultimate And then God transcend, would transcend the idea of being and non-being. To say that God exists is wrong, and to say that God does not exist is equally wrong. Because the reality of God transcends both the notion of being and non-being. And that way we can save a lot of saliva. You can save a lot of ink and paper. <laughs> so the teaching of signlessness is very helpful. It helps us to break through to the curtain of uh, sign, notions, in order for us to experience the truth that transcends all kind of notions, all kind of signs, all kind of appearances.
cái nó thêm cái hộp quẹt Anyone has a box, box of match? We are going to uh, inquire about another pair of notions. Called uh, coming and going. I was looking for the flame, but I did not see it. We have the impression that the flame is somewhere there, hidden, hidden. We know that the flame is available to light the candle. We don't want to describe the flame as non-being. My dear little flame, I know you are there somewhere. I feel it. Why don't you... Manifest yourself. We need you to light a candle. You don't even have a candle. (laughs) (laughs) You can talk already to the flame. My dear little flame, I know, we know you are somewhere there. I don't want to describe you in terms of non-being. I know that. Deeply, I know that. I know you are already in the conditions that will come together and help yourself manifest. And you are hidden in inside and you are hidden also outside. Because I know that the oxygen outside is very crucial for your manifestation. Without oxygen, the flame cannot manifest. Oxygen is one of the conditions for the manifestation of uh, the flame. So with uh, every condition uh, available, I need only to add the last condition, which is a gesture of uh, of my two fingers then the flame manifests herself beautifully. I would like to call it a manifestation, not a birth. Because before the manifestation, she already she was already there somewhere in her conditions. And I know the nature of the flame is the nature of no birth and no death. Even I don't see the flame anymore. So we might talk to the flame, my dear little flame, where are you now? Where have you come from? And where are you gone now? And this is a a deep question. If we uh, just uh, lost one uh, person, 
who died. We may like to ask this question, my beloved one. Where have have you come from and where have you gone? Why you leave me alone? So this meditation will provide us with the answer. And if we listen to the flame, which is not described as non-being, can talk to the flame, and the flame will answer us, dear flame. And if we listen with a deep uh, concentration, we will hear something like this, dear Thay, dear Sangha, I have come from nowhere. <laughs> My nature is no coming. I have not come from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, from the center, from the above, from the below. When things come together, when conditions come together sufficiently, I manifest myself. I have not come, I do not come from somewhere, from, from anywhere. And we know that the flame has told the truth. Her nature is no coming. Our nature is also like that. The nature of our beloved one is also like that. We have not come from anywhere. When conditions come together, and then we manifest. And when conditions are no longer sufficient, we just stop our our manifestation in order to wait for another manifestation. My dear little flame, where have you gone now? Nirvana? Or where? And we can still uh, continue to listen to the flame. And we will hear something like this, Dear Thay, dear Sangha, I have not gone anywhere. I have not gone to the south, nor to the, neither to the north, or to the east, or to the west. When things are no longer, when conditions are no longer, no longer sufficient, I just stop manifestation. And I may manifest otherwise. There was one thing we did not notice. During the short time of manifestation of the flame, The flame uh, offer light. The flame after uh, offer has offer light, has offer uh, heat, has offer uh, water, has offer uh, smoke, and that is the continuation of the flame. And the flame has entered the cosmos during her, her, her brief presence. The heat, the light of the flame has penetrated into my body, into yours, into the cosmos. And you can see the continuation of the flame somewhere, anywhere. You cannot say that uh, uh, 
the flame is now waiting for another manifestation. She has already manifested in several forms, the heat, the light, and so on. So looking deeply, we can realize that the true nature of the flame is the nature of no coming and no going. There's only manifestation. And that is also our true nature and the true nature of our beloved one. And if we have the time to practice and to touch our nature of no birth, no death, no being, no non-being, no coming, no going, and then we will be liberated from our fear, our anger, our despair. Let us now come to another pair of opposite, a pair of uh, signs, a pair of uh, nimitta, sameness, otherness. When the flame uh, manifests herself, we might like to ask her whether she is the same flame that had manifested before or she is totally a new one. You ask the question. And I light the candle. And we have uh, appearance of three, three flames and two. Let us ask this flame, my dear little flame, I know you are there. Tell me, are you the same flame with the other one, or are you a different one, a totally different one? We know very well that if the other was not there, this one is will be impossible. So that is also the relationship between the father and the son, the mother and the son and the daughter. You may still keep your family album and you can see yourself as a five-year-old little boy or little girl. And you ask that little boy, little girl in the album, you ask yourself, are you the same with that little boy or little girl, or you are now a different person? You still bear the same name, the same family name, the same uh, first name, but you have changed so much in forms, in, in your form, in your feelings, in your perceptions, in your uh, mental formation, in your consciousness, you are quite different from the five-year-old child. So the question is whether you are the same with the child or you are a totally different person. 
And the answer, the only answer is neither the same nor a different one. So our nature transcends the notion of sameness and otherness. And you can see that in the relationship between father and son also. When you plant a seed of corn, the seed of corn will become a plant of corn. And if you look uh, at the plant of corn with the eyes of signlessness, you can still see the seed of corn alive. The seed of corn has not died. In the Gospel, it is said that uh, when the grain dies, see, see uh, if the grain does not die, then how could the plant be possible? But the, the seed, the grain, does not really die. It continues in the plant. So looking deeply into the sun, you can see the mother, you can see the father, you can also see the ancestors. And you can see everything in there, including culture, spiritual tradition, food, art, everything. You are truly a multitude. You contain the whole cosmos within yourself. Available, everything is available in you. So with that kind of insight, no discrimination is no longer possible. No fear, no anger, no hate is possible anymore. Because you have got the insight of no coming, no going, no sameness, no otherness. And if a father and son live with that wisdom, there will be perfect happiness. Because father is son, son is father. The suffering of the father is the suffering of the son. The suffering of the son is the suffering of the father. The happiness of the mother is the happiness of the daughter, and vice versa. Prajna Paramita is uh, the kind of perfect wisdom that can carry us to the other shore. And uh, that kind of insight, that kind of uh, perfect understanding is the factor of uh, liberation. As you know that uh, in Buddhism we do not speak of salvation in terms of grace but uh, rather in terms of uh, insight, in, in terms of perfect uh, understanding. It would be a pity if uh, you come to the Dharma and you do not have access to this kind of teaching, this kind of practice. Because practicing the Dharma, you can get a relief from your fear, your anger, your suffering. But the greatest relief 
you get only when you touch your true nature. The nature of no birth, no death. No being, no non-being. No coming, no going. No sameness. No otherness. And your true nature transcends all kind of descriptions, all kind of notions. And that true nature is uh, completely silent concerning notions and signs. And that nature is nirvana. Nirvana is uh, our true nature. Transcending all forms of uh, notions and concepts. In our true nature, we don't have to look for it. We are already that nature. Suppose you observe uh, a wave coming up, going down in order to come up again. A cloud can be described in terms of uh, coming up, going down. Higher or lower than other waves. More or less vigorous than other waves more or less beautiful than the other waves. A wave can be described in terms of uh, beginning and ending, coming up and going down. But the wave is also at the same time water. Water is the true nature of the wave. We can speak about coming up, going down, beginning, ending, when we talk about the wave. But when we talk about water, there is no coming up, going down, beginning, and ending. And a wave does not have to go and look for water. She is water in the here and the now. So my dear friends, you don't have to go and look for your true nature. You don't have to look for nirvana. You are in it. You are it. You need to wake up and then all confusion, all fear, all despair will be gone. A wave can live her life as a wave, of course. But she can learn to live her life as water also, at the same time. And if she knows that she is water, and then she will enjoy going up, and then she will enjoy going down, she's no longer afraid. It's wonderful. And we can do like her, riding on the waves of birth and death, and enjoy every moment, because our true nature is no birth and no death no being and non-being. We should not be afraid.
the third door of liberation is uh, apranihita. Aimlessness. Apranihita. Apranihita means that you don't put in front of you something and you run after it. No purpose, no aim. You are not looking for something. What you want to be, you already are. A wave doesn't have to go and look for water. She is already water. If you think that we are still missing something, we are missing God, we are missing Nirvana, we are missing liberation, we are missing the pure land, we are missing the kingdom of God, and we are trying to run to some direction in order to get it, uh, we are not practicing apranihita. Your true nature, as well as God, as well as uh, Buddhahood, as well as Nirvana, is available in the here and the now. You are in it. You don't have to look for Nirvana. You have don't have to seek for Nirvana. You are Nirvana, yourself. You don't have to get anything to strive, to obtain anything. There's nothing to obtain. You are as wonderful as you are. You are the kingdom of God. You are the pure land of the Buddha. You You contain within yourself every uh, wonder, every wonder of life. And only when you realize that, when you realize that uh, you are already what you want to become, you are wonderful as you are, and then there will be a stop to running, striving, fighting. And only by then you have true peace. As you continue to strive, to look for something, you are not addressed. But if you know that you are it, you already are it, and then you are in peace. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. You just enjoy. Just enjoy. Yourself is a marvel. Yourself is a mystery. Yourself is a wonder. And every moment of your life is a moment of enjoyment. You enjoy yourself. You enjoy life with all the wonders. And this is very characteristic of the Buddhist tradition. There is no purpose for the cosmos. In the Heart Sutra, we say, uh, 
there is no obtention because there is nothing to obtain. Everything is already there. Stop looking for something. Stop striving for something. You are already it. This is it. And this is another wonderful uh, door of liberation. And that could be understood uh, if uh, you already touch uh, the second door or the first door. A Buddha is first of all a human being. The basic condition to be a Buddha is to be a human being. And after you become a Buddha, you are still a human being. In my book, All Path High Cloud, I tried my best to describe the Buddha as a human being. A number of Buddhists do not agree with that. They don't want the Buddha to be a human being. They don't want the Buddha to have the right to be a human being. (laughs) Perhaps you have heard about the film, Buddha film, that will be based on my book, O Path White Cloud. And the Buddha in that film should appear as a human being first. But there are Buddhists who do not agree with that. And that therefore there is there has been difficulties and maybe uh, the filmmaker cannot uh, make a real film uh, based on uh, all path white cloud. If Buddha is a god And then what hope can we have? Because uh, we cannot do like him. But if Buddha is a human being and then everything is possible, we can, all of us can do like him. And that is why it's very important to present the Buddha as a human being. And uh, we, most of us belong to the Linji uh, tradition. Rinzai. And the teaching of Rinzai, of Linji, is very, very clear. Buddha is a human being. And if you look uh, for Buddha outside of living beings, there's no hope that you can find him. You have to look at living beings in order to find a Buddha. The non-duality between Buddha and living beings. Buddha is a living being, and every living being can be a Buddha. That is the basic teaching of Buddhism, and Master Linji has it very firmly. And Buddhism is a very powerful uh, teaching of humanism. It's a strong humanism, Buddhism. When we practice uh, looking deeply in our daily life, we'll be able to touch our true nature, to see our true nature. 
That is a Zen uh, expression. Seeing your true nature. It means touching nirvana. And your true nature is not something abstract. It's very real, very concrete. It's this nature of no birth, no death, no coming, no going, no sameness, no otherness, no being, no non-being. And, and you can you can see that a scientist can freely make inquiry into into this uh, true nature. The scientists they still use uh, mathematics and instruments in order to to measure, to count. But the spiritual practitioner does not need any instrument outside his or her own mind. Our mind is a wonderful instrument. When our mind is free from anger, craving, hate, it's very clear. And with that wonderful instrument, we can break through to the nature of nirvana, the nature of no birth, no death. And when we have done that, we have great freedom. We become a bodhisattva and we can be engaged in the world, helping living beings without fear, without having to make compromise, because you are not, no longer afraid of anything anymore, including death and non-being. And the career of a bodhisattva is a very beautiful one. And we have examples like uh, Avalokiteshvara, who practice, uh, practices looking deeply and listening with uh, compassion. The bodhisattva Samanta Bhadra, the, the bodhisattva of great action. The bodhisattva Shitigapa, who uh, try to go into realms of being that are very dark, very tragical, without fear. And uh, the presence of such, such bodhisattvas can bring a lot of light and relief. And each of us, according to the teaching, can be such a bodhisattva, a great being, a bodhisattva mahasattva, great being, enlightened being, because we have got that kind of wisdom, that perfect understanding. And that is, will satisfy fully our need to understand and to know. Tomorrow, uh, Sister Annabelle will offer a Dharma talk. After, 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 after tomorrow, after tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow we shall have that walking, uh, mindful walking practice around the lake as an offering. The retreat is still there. Please enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have to go back, uh, especially our friends from Southeast Asia, but most of us will stay there uh, for the visit.